0: Hi everyone, I'm Sky Ross, and this is Motherness, a podcast dedicated to sharing mindful and empowering interviews with mothers and experts. Together, we're shining a light on the realness of raising babies and life postpartum, from the first moments to the months following and the years beyond. Motherness serves to hold space for mothers in all their glory, to inform you, to include you, to empower you, and to connect you. And despite our different experiences, opinions, and approaches, as mothers who love, we are grounded in this together. Today's episode of Motherness is proudly sponsored by Holistic Baby. Holistic Baby is a positive support service for mothers and families that is holistic in its approach. Holistic Baby founder Kathy McCormick believes their unique way of working allows for a confident mother, father and family who can enjoy their calm and happy baby. Holistic Baby helps you restore balance so that you can embrace life as a family. The Holistic Baby team is all mothers. Kathy is a registered midwife, certified lactation consultant, antenatal class teacher, mother support groups facilitator, plus has training in newborn sleep and settling. She has a wealth of experience and has a gentle, kind, and common-sense approach. Holistic Baby offers antenatal classes, lactation consultancy, coffee groups, free early pregnancy sessions, postnatal wellbeing support, baby sleep consultancy, and an infant first aid and CPR course. They operate from the Epsom Clinic, The Loft, as well as Hobsonville Point, Titorangi, and on Zoom. Visit holisticbaby.co.nz to book. Thank you so much to Holistic Baby for your support of motherness and for sponsoring this week's episode. In today's episode, I have a beautiful postpartum doula, Ashley Borey, on the podcast. Ashley has a business called Sacred Beginnings, where she supports mothers to have a calm, nurtured, and respected fourth trimester, whether they are entering motherhood for the first time or with subsequent babies. I'm fully aware that being able to have a postpartum doula is a privilege that not all of us can afford, and for many mums, even just slowing down with their baby is a privilege in itself too. But I think the key message from Ashley's work is that we all need and have the right to support as we transition into this new season of our life, whether that's with a professional like Ashley or the love from your family or friends. Today, we discuss the services she offers as a postpartum doula, especially in terms of nutrition, and the elements of traditional Eastern postpartum practices she adopts too. Ashley also imparts plenty of wisdom about this sacred time, and how partners and loved ones can best support the new mother. I hope you enjoy this episode, and feel empowered to ask for the gentle, soul-fulfilling support that you deserve when your fourth trimester comes. Hi, Ashley. Welcome to Motherness. I'm so excited to talk to you today. Thank you for joining me. Do you want to just start by introducing yourself to everyone? Tell us who you are, what you do, and where you live. Sure. Thanks so much for having me,
1: Skye. My name is Ashley. I own a business called Sacred Beginnings, where I work as a postpartum doula, where I support and nurture mothers and their families in the fourth trimester.
0: Amazing. And you're based in Auckland, aren't you?
1: Yeah, I'm based in Auckland.
0: So let's take it back to the beginning and I guess your journey to where you are now what made you want to become a postpartum doula and what training did you do? So I was a nanny for roughly eight years before I
1: decided to become a doula and I've got a background in psychology. So I did an undergraduate degree in psychology and I always thought possibly I would follow that track and um, do something with um, child psychology or counseling. And it wasn't until I moved to London. For, I guess, a gap year or two. And I started working as a nanny with a family, and they were just so amazing. I loved it so much. And halfway through that job, the mum had a second baby. So I was working sort of as an unofficial doula. So I was nurturing the mum, and I really noticed that there was a gap in the market for maternal um, nurturing. You know, when women are pregnant, it's, uh, let me hold the door open for you, let me get you a drink, let me get you a cup of tea. And as soon as they've had the baby, it's how's the baby doing? Um, How's the baby sleeping? Can I come around and see the baby? And there was just, um, I just really wanted to shift my focus onto um, really nurturing the mum because it's so important for the mother to be nurtured because um, she too has been, uh, I guess, rebirthed during that birthing process herself. So yeah, that's, it's super sacred and it's really important work.
0: Yeah, nice. And so when you did kind of have this shift and you're like, all right, I want to make this official, where did you begin to look in terms of getting training and making it yeah, more official?
1: Yeah, so I had never even heard of the term doula. I um, was sort of, the family I was working for in London had a, mat- a live-in maternity nurse for three weeks and I sort of started to Google maternity nurse slash maternal care and this term doula popped up and I was like oh that sounds pretty cool what's that about and the word doula is actually it comes from the Greek word to serve the mother or a servant to the woman and so I thought yeah that sounds exactly what I want to be doing so I did a bit of research and there was a training course coming up with a company called Donna International they're one of the biggest doula training companies worldwide and I did my training in New Zealand. And then apart from the training itself, everything was just experience-based. So the nannying played into it. And um, as soon as I started to get my first clients, I realized this is exactly what I want to be doing.
0: Yeah. Amazing. So let's kind of paint a bit of a picture for anybody listening who may have heard the term but doesn't really know what it involves what would like an average day or an average session with a client involve, and what sort of services do you provide when you're working with a client
1: so it's um, physical, practical, and emotional support for the mum and for the family. So for things like practical support, lighthouse work, you know, tidying up the nursery, cooking, baking, one-handed snacks for the mum while she's feeding – and then emotional support lots of troubleshooting so if the mum's having issues with sleep or feeding or um, um you know having her own emotional problems as she's going through this journey this new journey as a mother for the first time or a mother for the second third fourth time um we can sort of do some intention setting some goal setting as well as making it easy for the mum, it's make helping the mum to thrive and helping her to find that innate wisdom as a mother and tapping into that and um Yeah, really nurturing that and helping to educate um in a really non judgmental, gentle way.
0: Yeah, beautiful. Um and so for people listening thinking, well, I've had a nanny in the past or I could just get a nanny. Can you just kind of give us a bit of an explanation of what the difference between somebody like that is and then what you do?
1: Yeah, so a doula is professionally trained. They they come under a professional support person, um, whereas a nanny is – is great for helping the mum out with childcare, et cetera. but in terms of doing the the troubleshooting and um, really sitting down and being empathetic and holding space for a mum to be truly vulnerable, that's where a doula can really step up and be that professional support person for a mum. We're also trained in breastfeeding support. We come under a scope of practice as doulas. So we sort of wear the doula hat. And if something becomes more than we can uh, handle, like if there's a breastfeeding issue that we've done all that we can do, we then assess and refer. So it's purely, um, there's no medical element to it, which again is how it differs from a midwife. We can't give any medical advice, but we are professionally trained in the emotional and practical support.
0: Yeah, fantastic. So the season of motherness is all about the fourth trimester. And I guess as a postpartum doula that, you know, perfectly aligns with where you kind of fit into, I guess, a mother's journey. So I'd love to know what your philosophy of the fourth trimester is and how you see it, I guess, in an emotional, physical, nutritional, well-being kind of perspective.
1: Yeah. So it's a really sacred time. It is known as the sacred window. Those first 40 days where the woman should really be slowing down and listening to her body and listening to her baby. And these are all things that I like to incorporate in my business. Just really helping the mum to, like I said before, tap into that innate knowledge that she has as a mum. And um, in terms of nourishment and um, nurturing, just making sure that the mum is eating enough and eating good foods, high f- uh, foods that are high in good fat. Um, I tend to incorporate some Ayurvedic uh, traditions into my cooking, making my own ghee, things like this, that um, bone broth, things that all help uh, and are very restorative for the postpartum body.
0: Amazing. And so, how do you kind of? look at I guess the fourth trimester in terms of how a lot of women approach it which is that you've got to be superwoman and you can get it all done and do it all on your own and then I guess how you you wish we looked at the fourth trimester I guess more as a society.
1: Yeah um, we've got it wrong we've got it wrong in the western culture it's just not working it's just failing our women the Eastern culture, although um, doing it the super traditional way is quite intense, um, you know, sometimes they don't shower for two months and sometimes the mother's feet hardly touch the ground in those first 40 days. They have their parents and their grandparents move in and cook for them and clean for them. And I take little bits of those Eastern traditions and incorporate them in a modern way. So... It's it's completely up to the client what they want, but I do um, suggest to just slow down and let's try and adopt some of these beautiful Eastern uh, postpartum traditions. You know the cooking, the massage, you know things like this. And I also offer Reiki, which is a really beautiful way just to
0: shift energy
1: and just to relax.
0: Yeah, amazing. It sounds divine, and i I think it's also about giving ourselves permission. To experience that and know that, you know, you're putting so much into your baby and your sole focus is that, but you need to be looked after too. And so that's what I love about what you do.
1: Yeah, a hundred percent. It's in the Western postpartum culture, it's just go, 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 you know, push the baby out, um, organize when you're going to be at work, put that date in the calendar, um, you know, get back to the gym, eat a salad, you know, it's all these things that, uh, they're quite patriarchal. They, they don't allow much space for a woman to be a woman and a woman to be a mother. And, um, yeah, I think that's just so important. And yeah, like I said before, it's such a sacred time. We've really got to honor the woman in that fourth trimester.
0: Yeah. Hearing you say that, what comes up for me is just like allowing you to sit in your motherness and just Mm. be and experience it fully for all that it is. I mean, I, I didn't do that and that's why I'm so passionate about this podcast and you know I'm not saying that um anyway is right or wrong because every situation is different we do live in the modern world but I think if you are able to sit in the fourth trimester a little bit more and appreciate it for being another trimester and being that transition period I want to encourage as many women to do so as possible and it sounds like well I know from the work that you do that you think the same thing.
1: Yeah, I totally agree. It's just that transition from maiden to mother is so beautiful and there's no rush. You know, each moment, each day, you're never going to get that back, so just soak it all up. And although it sounds like a bit of a luxury to have a postpartum doula with all these things I'm talking about, it shouldn't be considered a luxury for a woman to be supported in her fourth trimester. That should be a given. Yeah. It should it should be a given.
0: And I mean, I've been following you on Instagram and I also follow one of the mums who's a client of yours and she's just had her second baby. And I think it's also really important to mention that, you know, we focus on the transition of going from maiden to mother, but again, going from one child to two children, that can be a massive juggle as well. So how do you kind of like to support mums that are having subsequent um, fourth trimesters?
1: Yeah, so sibling management is definitely something that I do um, as a postpartum doula. I can help to Sort of get the baby and the, the toddler or the other child to bond. And also it's just a really great way for the mother to bond with her first child because often, as we know, the first child, um, experiences feelings of being left out, neglected. And so, yeah, it's really nice. Um, I think I know the client that you're talking about and she has just adored being able to get out and about with her toddler, being able to just go into the toddler's room and play together on the floor while she knows that her newborn is in safe hands.
0: Yeah. Amazing. Um, So let's talk about infants. I know that, you know, a big part of what you do is focusing on the mother, but with that as well, sometimes mums want to pass the baby over to you so they can go have a shower and have a rest or have a cup of coffee and know that baby is taken care of. So what's your approach to, or I guess your opinion on infant sleep and infant feeding and kind of where you sit in the spectrum of things?
1: yeah, newborn care is definitely um part of my role as a postpartum doula. In terms of infant feeding and sleeping, it's I, I have to be really careful not to put each uh, family into a box. Every family is so individual and so unique, and my approaches are tailored to each. Individual families' um, desires and goals, like how I said, we do goal and intention setting at the beginning of the session, at the the beginning of the relationship. So, yeah, it's it's just whatever the client desires, and I approach it from a completely non-judgmental place. Um, I once had a client who had a Velcro baby, and the baby would only sleep on a person. It didn't have to be the mother, just on a person, and. I asked her, you know, is this something that you want to change? We can sort of do a little bit of sleep training and, um, you know, get your baby to to sleep in the cot. And she said, do you know what? I'm actually okay with this as long as she's getting good sleep. It makes me relaxed and it makes me feel calm. And so, you know, for me,
0: that's fine. It's whatever the mum wants. Yeah, fantastic. I think that's really reassuring for people to hear because I think there is, you know, a stereotype to mm. maternal work and the doula space, and thinking that you may you know or as a collective doula's focus on specific aspects or are very might be narrow-minded. so I think it's really reassuring to hear that you' you're there to serve the family and you know really fulfill that meaning of the word doula and that that presents itself in different ways depending on the mother's wishes. Yeah, completely, yeah, with just no judgment and just really gentle. Yeah, fantastic. So let's make it really simple. What are the benefits that you see from mothers who work with you as a postpartum doula? How does that that fourth trimester look for them when they do have that extra support?
1: Restful, um, better recovery. These are all statistics, by the way, that um, having a postpartum doula can benefit your postpartum recovery. The I often in my reviews say, um, get told that they feel more organized. They've got meals in the freezer, um, they've got everything sterilised, the children, the older children are happy, the baby's happy. They feel nurtured as a mum. You know, they feel taken care of and not, like I said, all the guests come around and can I hold the baby? How's the baby. But the doula is there to fundamentally serve the mum. And make sure at the core of it, she's doing well so that her baby is then doing well. And that is a core um, aspect of the golden month is that the first 40 days equal the next 40 years. And so, if you're having a very beautiful, calm, slow, nurtured postpartum, then essentially you will have a a great um, life in the future, a healthy life in the future.
0: Mm, I love that. I'd love to know what advice you have for friends and family in terms of how they can best support the mothers in their life during that postpartum period. What advice do you have for people?
1: Yeah, I would just say if you're going around to visit, um, make sure you're respectful of the mother's space. Um, she will most likely be putting on a brave face for visitors and um, when really the bottom line is she's exhausted, she's tired, she doesn't really want to host. So if you're going around to see her, bring her something, bring her a meal, Um, pick up the vacuum cleaner when you're there, you know, um, make sure that while you're going there to see the baby, you're also going there to support the mum and she needs to feel that.
0: Yeah. I like to say to people, don't ask to hold the baby as well. Like if she wants Mm. you to hold the baby, Offer to do so so that she can go and do something like have a shower. But, you know, a mother also deserves to just have her baby on her if that's what she feels most comfortable with. I still distinctly remember my best friends coming around for a visit. And I thought when I was pregnant that I would want everybody to cuddle my baby. And then when they were here, and, you know, they were all totally fine with it. But I just felt this intense protection whenever anybody came over to just hold her close. And I think it's about respecting that as well, right?
1: Totally. Yeah. I've actually got a friend who experienced the exact same thing and she developed quite severe anxiety about having visitors and having her baby taken off of her. She just wanted to have her baby close, especially in those early days, passing a baby around isn't the best. And yeah, it's just super important to, if you're going to be visiting a mum as a friend to just yeah, be respectful of her space. It's a really sacred time for her and just um, know that you're coming into her sacred space.
0: Yeah, for sure. You know, you work with not only mothers, but entire families. How do you see the fourth trimester for partners and how that's also a period of transition for them? And then what advice do you have for them in terms of how they can best support their mothers? not their mothers, their partners who have become a mother.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it's really beautiful working with um, the partners. And quite often I'll suggest that the partners do the because if the mother is breastfeeding, obviously the partner can't do the breastfeeding, but um, that's the father or partner does the bathing process. So it's something that they can do that is theirs. It's their bonding moment with the baby. So I really like to teach the partner you know, this beautiful, slow art of bathing a newborn and that it can be their little thing that they do together, the the bath, the massage, the whole experience. And it can, yeah, it's just such a nice way um, to develop that bond because I would never want a partner to feel left out. Yep. They are
0: just as much as a parent as the mother is. So, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. That's something that we did as well. And then it got to one night when Mark was out and I was like, I don't even know how to bath my own baby (laughs) because he's been doing it for so long. That's his job. Yeah, it totally was. We've kind of touched on this a little bit, but I want to talk further about the golden month and postpartum confinement and I guess the concept of it and the parts of it that you like to draw from in your work. You know, I think we're seeing... A return to it, or at least an awareness of it as a concept. So, what elements from those practices do you like to bring into your work?
1: Yeah, so that golden month concept really incorporates the idea of it takes a village. Like how I said before, the um, the mother of the mother might move in, the grandmother might move in, and. That's a really good support system and that is what I'm trying to incorporate into my business is just um, helping a mother to set up that support system for her to thrive. And also, I guess the food, yeah, the postpartum food in that golden month is really high in fats, good fats, um, definitely no sugar, things like that, um, nothing cold. So that's one extreme Clients don't always want to go to that extreme. I have one client at the moment who is. She, um, her parents are from Hong Kong, and so they've been sort of coaching her and guiding her through the very, very traditional Golden Month, which is no shower. You do it like a ginger bath. So you um, you cut the ginger, you steam it in a pot, and you sort of just pour it over your face and hair. The idea is not to let any cold get into your pores even washing your hands with cold water in the traditional golden month. You don't do that. Everything has to be warm, Um, warm food, warm water, definitely no cold water.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And it's so fascinating. And yeah, it really goes back to, I guess those ancient Eastern philosophies and those practices. Mm. So let's talk more about nutrition because it is a really big part of it. And I think it's something we don't talk about enough. So, What are some of your favorite meals or snacks or, you know, things you can eat one-handed that you like to prepare for mums and that you suggest mums kind of focus on having? What are your favorites?
1: Yeah, so you've probably seen on my Instagram that I'm obsessed with making my lactation cookies and um, they're amazing. They taste delicious and they've got galactagogues in them. So that's a food or a drug um, that stimulates or encourages um, milk supply. So brewers, yeast, oats, you know, different seeds, hemp seeds, chia seeds, all those things. Those are great 100 snacks for mothers who are busy and feeding all day. Really great for the cluster feeding, just to have a little snack bowl next to you. And in terms of meals, so my Bible, my postpartum Bible is the book called The First 40 Days. It is an amazing book, not just for recipes, but just the ethos of the whole book is just gorgeous. Um, and it's, yeah, it touches on those very traditional Eastern postpartum cultures, but adapts them in a modern way, which is exactly what I'm endeavoring to do. One of the recipes from that book is a butternut and red lentil soup made with bone broth. It's delicious. It's easy to make. It's part of my nourishment package on my website. So I do a package that is just food. And so that uh, recipe is included in that. Um, Another one of my favorites is uh, chicken and fennel meatballs with pumpkin and ginger mash. And, again, these are all really warming foods um, used with uh, lots of herbs and spices, Galactagogues, fennel was a galactagogue, So, yeah, things that will help stimulate milk supply, um, help with restoring tissue damage, especially for caesarean mothers. The um, collagen in the bone broth is really important for
0: restoring the elasticity in the tissue. Yeah, amazing. It all sounds so delicious. And I think as well, like it's – you know going through labor is such an intense process and have, giving birth whether it's a vaginal birth or a c-section and i think it's also about like reducing any inflammation and just you know calm in the body as well as in the mind is not it
1: yeah definitely um like you just said reducing inflammation a lot of the foods have turmeric in it my bone broth has turmeric in it and yeah they, they just feel good to eat, like I eat them i'm not in a I'm not in my fourth trimester, and I will weekly have uh the red lentil and butternut soup and the bone broth. I just find it so soothing and like you said, so calming, so I really like to offer those food experiences to the postpartum mother
0: yeah, cool. So you've mentioned that book, which I actually managed to find in an op shop for a dollar the other day. I am so oh, stoked. <laughs>
1: it's such a great book. I just, like I said, it's my Bible.
0: Yeah, I can't wait to read it. What are some other additional resources like books or support services or groups or activities that you'd like to recommend to new mums?
1: Yeah, so... Definitely um, any online community groups, Facebook groups, uh, Instagram groups, within reason, like you don't want to be um, falling into that comparison trap, which I find that um, a lot of mothers do compare themself, themselves and their experiences to other mothers in online communities. So, yeah, just whatever feels right for you and whatever feels safe for you then do that. Also, another book is Nurture by Erica Chiddy. I love this book. I refer back to it all the time. It's got recipes, it covers pregnancy, labor and birth, postpartum, recovery, etc. She's got a very gentle ethos, this lady. Um, she's got a great Instagram page as well. And she happens to be a, um, black woman. And at the moment, more than ever, it's just so important to be supporting people of color. And so I really recommend that if you're looking for a book, anything to do with mother, uh, mother issues, baby issues, anything in that area to, to get this book by Erica Chitty. It's called Nurture. It's a really beautiful book.
0: Yeah, fantastic. Yeah, something I'm really, um, passionate about exploring and talking more about is that, you know, the, the postpartum period as well as birth has widely been colonized in this country. And I think it's really, you know, we can learn a lot from other cultures. If you're listening to this from the perspective of a white woman, there is so much to learn from other cultures, Eastern cultures, um, indigenous cultures. So yeah, definitely broaden your horizons when you're looking at the postpartum period because there is so much to learn and I think if anything colonization has been a disservice to to new mothers in terms of how we approach the fourth trimester and how we approach birth as well like women have been doing this for thousands of
1: years and we were made to birth babies yeah you know it's it's in our genetics like Somewhere along the way, we've lost that, that intuition. And yeah, it's really important to, um, to go back to those ancient cultures because they, they had it right. Like they were doing the right things, you know. We've sort of lost that along the way in the Western world. So yeah, just, um, I'm always referring back to the really ancient, beautiful, slow traditions
0: yeah fantastic and we'll I'll put a link to um everything you've mentioned in the show notes so people can can find those and purchase if they'd like to.
1: That would be awesome.
0: So if people want to work with you, can you just give us a run through of the packages that you offer um and how much the services cost?
1: Yeah, sure. Um, so I have uh different packages on my website. The first one is the nourishment package, which is a food and pamper package um, that includes the lactation cookies, bone broth soup, um like a face spritz with essential oils, uh, uh bath salts, and that package is 179, including delivery auckland wide. And then I've got four home visit packages. The first one is 669, and that's 16 hours. So I normally do that in four four-hour visits. Uh, the mid-range package is 1495, and the higher-end package is 2295. And within those three packages, um the support is identical. The only difference is that... Um, obviously the high-end package has more hours and so it can carry on through possibly the whole 12 weeks postpartum. And the last package that I offer is an overnight package. So that is um, 7.50 and that's three overnights where I turn up at 9.00 PM and um, your baby might be asleep, your baby might be awake. And I do all the night feeds or I will bring the baby in to feed and then I will burp, change, resettle. And however many times the baby wakes at night, The mother gets a restful sleep, wakes up feeling rejuvenated, I sterilize the equipment, make breakfast, and then be on my way at 7am. That's a very popular package.
0: Yeah, I bet. That sounds like the dream. (laughs) So I guess, you know, I completely agree with you that every mother deserves to have this kind of support during their postpartum period, but the reality is, is that not everybody is going to be able to afford this. So for those women who would like to best support themselves in the fourth trimester and really sit in that postpartum period, what tips do you have for them if they can't afford a postpartum doula of how they can set themselves up best for that time? Yeah, so obviously the two books that I mentioned
1: before, they're great resources. But also if you're planning to have a baby shower, you could do a doula fund. So add um, a postpartum doula to your registry and the people coming to your shower can make a donation and you can put that towards a voucher or a package on my website. I also offer bespoke um, custom packages for all different budgets, all different um duration desires. So if there's something on my website that's missing, maybe an in-between package in between the different ranges, then um, I can definitely offer that to, to mothers. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Fantastic. Well, thank you so much for joining me. It's been such a pleasure talking to you and such a privilege to hear your perspective on what is such a sacred time. If people want to find you and work with you, What's your Instagram and your website and how can they book in with you? So my Instagram is sacred underscore
1: beginnings and my website is www.sacredbeginnings.co.nz and all the info is on my Instagram so you can just um, push the email link, um, you can find my phone number on there, my website's on there. And, um, yeah, I just encourage anybody who's, um, related to what we've talked about today to get in touch. Um, even if it's not about having me as your postpartum doula, I am so, I'm an open book. If you want to know anything, learn anything, then I'm totally up for any emails, any calls. So, yeah.
0: Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Motherness. For more empowering interviews like this one, check us out on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you like to listen. And if you like today's episode, please subscribe and leave a review so more listeners can discover all that Motherness has to offer. We are at motherness.podcast on Instagram, and our DMs are always open if you need advice or would like to chat. I'm Sky Ross, and you've been listening to Motherness.